episode, we talk about the coaching role a nonprofit leader plays and how you can strengthen your coaching skills so your staff members have the confidence to do their best work. Hello, and welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way. I'm Nancy Bacon, and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks, and we are recording this in July 2023, and the Women's World Cup is about to start. How excited are you, Sarah? Oh, so excited. I love a good World Cup. Oh my gosh, the first game that I'm going to watch is tonight, and I can't wait. We are so excited in our house to see these incredible athletes in action. They are amazing, and of all different ages and from all around the world, it's pretty inspiring. Oh my God, it's so true. Some of them have little kids. Some of them are, you know, young in their careers. It's really awesome. It's kind of like our staff, isn't it? Like, (laughs) if you think about like, anyway, I digress. One person who's instrumental in making sure these athletes or really any athlete perform at the highest level is their coach. The coach challenges the players individually. The coach also builds a team that maximizes the potential for individual players to play their best, challenging them on the sidelines, you know, making sure that they see what they need to see. The coach really is serving as the eyes and ears of the team to help them course correct or shift strategy throughout the game. It's true. And, you know, the coach, it does have a different perspective on the game. They're not in it. They're on the side watching it. And that perspective is so important. So I do know increasingly, I'm at least hearing of nonprofit people turning to coaches to help them, especially as leaders. Now, it's not new. You've probably been thinking about examples for the last decades of people who've had a coach, but it just seems like we're hearing about it more and more. And I think part of that is this really wonderful shift in having the stigma removed from having a coach. I know early in my career, there was sort of the feeling of like, oh, if you needed to get help or counsel or outside guidance, you wanted to be really secretive about it and not have anyone know because it was like a marker that you either weren't confident um, or that you weren't able to do something well. And now I think it's much more accepted as like a, a tool you any leader would want to have in their toolbox and um, to help ensure they're being the best they can be. And it makes so much sense, doesn't it? I mean, like any good tennis player has a coach. Every good soccer player has a coach. Like, why would we not use this really kind of tested role in order to do our jobs better? I recently heard about an organization in Richland, Washington, where the organization has engaged a coach to work with members of each of the leadership team. So individually, they get coaching and then they come all together to talk about, you know, what's going on and and what lessons they have and and learn from the coach. Uh, Two staff members told me separately, just unrelated, that this has been a real game changer in how they communicate, how they collaborate, that the staff is working better together because of this coach. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's probably important at this moment to just stop and pause and acknowledge that um, I'm sure there are some listeners saying, well, that would be great. But I, you know, coaches cost a lot of money. I've seen what, you know, university level uh, athletic coaches make, you know, how could we possibly um, afford that for our small nonprofit? And I think it's really important to acknowledge that this can be both internally grown, meaning you as a leader can help coach your staff or your board 
we'll talk about that today. But you can also find people in your community who have these skills who might be willing to work with you on a pro bono basis. I, for example, have been super fortunate to have someone come forward and help me as a coach through the years. Um, And they just offered to do that. They're someone who has been an executive director. They're retired. A great way for them to feel like they're still giving and, and, and being involved. So keep your ears out as we're talking for who in your community cares a lot about your mission might not be ready to be a board member or want to commit that kind of level of volunteer time to you, but wants to really help and support the organization. You know, you're making me think that a coach can be uh, like a permanent coach, like be my coach, or it could just be around a particular situation. Like I need help coaching through this, I don't know, fundraising campaign or this challenging situation with a staff member or something like that, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So maybe we should define a little bit by what we mean by coaching. Is it the person who's going to tell me to do more push-ups and get more exercise before work? Yes, definitely. I think every every coach should tell you to do more push-ups. <laughs> well, but I mean, I think so what we're really talking about is that we're focusing on the person solving their own challenges, not being the expert. So there's all sorts of wonky talk around the difference between coaching and consulting and, you know, advising and all of that. But essentially at the heart of coaching is that the person needs to do the work. I'm not, I'm not telling you what to do if I'm your coach. I'm asking the right questions so that you have enough perspective. I'm giving feedback so that you can decide how you want to move forward. It's, that's a perfect definition of it. And and I think there is a distinction between a coach and a consultant. A consultant often you're hiring because you want to know the expertise they have. It's not expertise you have. You need to learn something. Um, and then you need to, you know, they need to help take in information and give an analysis back to you of like, okay, given everything I've seen, here's, you know, here's kind of what you need. I kind of think of like the consultant as like the medical professional, <laughs> like take, the, taking in information, figuring it out, combining it with what they know, and then making a prescription or a recommendation. A coach, a good coach, it does exactly what you described, Nancy. They're there to support you there, but in, in doing so, they're asking you questions. That's the best thing they do. They might nudge you when you either struggle to answer, they'll ask the question in a different way, or maybe once you answer, they're helping you get to your own plan for going forward. You know those fancy mirrors in hotel rooms that like magnify your face up to the poor level. Yeah, yeah, um, not good, not friendly. Yeah, not friendly. But but we can think of a coach in that kind of way. And I think <laughs> yeah. there's so many reasons why an executive director, really any staff member might benefit from a coach. And when, you know, anybody in a leadership position, it can be lonely at the top. Like having a thought partner is so helpful. I bet you found that helpful in your in your coach. Oh, so many times, right? You can you can have you know, really terrific colleagues and and still feel sometimes like, wow, there's a unique decision that I'm being asked to make. And I would feel better if I could really talk through all sides of it without judgment from someone else. Just somebody outside the context of the workplace, because that person broadens the lens. Yep. That yep. the problems that we're working on are often complex with no easy answers. And we just need that perspective from outside the the kind of confines of our office space or our, our workload. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's also so valuable to sort of have a chance to do a practice run sometimes with either what you're about to say or a decision you're about to make, because 
you know, I know, at least from my experience, I think I'm coming across in a certain way. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't land the way I think I'm, <laughs> I intended it to. And so I found it really helpful to have a person to just, can I run this by you? You know, what if I say this? How does that, you know, who's that going to make uncomfortable or not convey what I'm trying to genuinely convey to and how could I make it better? And even having that coaching time gives you a space for trustful reflection on ourselves, right? That we, we've talked about this before, that we go through our nonprofit lives, we're very busy, we're moving forward, and we don't often take time to just slow down, <laughs> slow down and reflect, you know, on what we're doing and how it's going and, and how we might kind of tweak things to just have a slightly different outcome. Yep. And in my experience, when I have benefited from from being coached it's given me a set of tools to try to serve as a coach for others in my organization so that can you know certainly go into staff members um i i try now in my uh interactions with staff um to to build them and ask questions when it's appropriate like to to take on the coaching role rather than the executive director role. And because I've experienced the other side of that, I know what it feels like and how empowering it is. And so I I try to bring that into my interactions with staff. Mm-hmm. Really building their confidence that they, they have the solutions within them most likely, or they just need a little bit, they need to ask the right question to get the information that they need. But yeah. an executive director's job is a little bit easier if if staff members are empowered to do the work and that a coach can help them get the confidence they need to do the work. And, you know, I think it's also important to acknowledge that sometimes as a leader of a a nonprofit organization, you can be a coach to the rest of your board. So often if, if you are the, you know, a staff executive director, you might be the only person with actual nonprofit experience compared to your board members. A lot of board members come from wonderful backgrounds that are really important to your mission, um, but may they may not have been within a nonprofit organization before. And so you play an important role as a coach in kind of reminding board members what the kind of ethical and legal roles and responsibilities of boards are, but also in just how we how we function differently from the for-profit world and our community trust and our and our legal trust system. I think that's a really important coaching role for us to play with with folks who are going to bring that important outside perspective to our organization, but who might need some coaching in how nonprofits work. Hmm. You know, I we talk a lot with boards that they wear lots of hats. And, and for some reason, when you were just talking, I was thinking about hats. I was thinking about how there's time when the board is serving as your coach, perhaps, mm-hmm. and they're wearing that coach hat. But there's other times when you need to put on your coach hat when you're working with your staff or your board or whomever. And that having clarity around that seems like it, it would be really helpful. And everyone's stronger. Maybe we should shift a little bit to talking about how to do this now that we kind of can see maybe where we might do it. Yeah, yeah. It's not good enough to just say what you need to do. Let's talk about how to do it. I think the first really important part of being a coach or having a coach are the questions, right? Mm -hmm. A A good coach asks good questions. And so like, what do I mean by good they're open-ended. So they're not a binary, like, do you want to do this? Yes or no, but they're open-ended, they're non-judgmental, and they're anchored in honest curiosity. So they're not like, I don't have the answer in my mind when I ask it. I'm truly asking to see where you go with the question. 
That's really important. And those are, those are the, I call them juicy ones um, <laughs> that I love to have asked of me. Those are the ones that make me pause. Um, they're the ones that get me into that reflective um, state of mind that, you know, we need to be in to grow. Mm, I actually love those questions too, because it's why we're in the work, right? Mm -hmm. We're not in the work to do simple answers. We're in the work to like really wrestle with the complexity of things. But so the thing is like, when you're asking good questions, you also have to be listening well. You know, what are you listening for? You're listening for, I'm often listening for the emotion, Mm -hmm. you know, confidence, concern, like, you know, if, if we're having a conversation, I want to know kind of how it's being delivered. And I also want to be listening for, or we want a coach who's listening for the follow-up question. Mm -hmm. So you want to go deeper and deeper and deeper, which means you need to listen or have a coach who listens to know how to keep going deeper with that follow-up question. Yeah. And that's, you know, as someone who has been coached, it's those follow-up questions that always get me. I'm like, oh, do we have to ask that? Right. And and so another piece of, of and, and now I'm thinking about an executive director kind of operating as a coach to the staff or to a group of people is that you're facilitating as a coach. So when you have a staff meeting or when you have any group of people together, you're inviting teams to answer good questions together and you're building a culture of good questions so that your staff or your board or whoever you're talking with, your volunteers, they start to learn how to ask good questions and what a good question sounds like and what the response is. And you're really practicing that and and almost train the trainer on on, on how to frame questions and facilitate a good conversation. Yep, and that, you know, to be clear, that takes time and and practice and art and experience. So, you know, listeners don't don't panic if you don't know how to do that right away. You'll you'll get there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that takes some intentionality on how coaching fits into what you're doing as a leader that we need to model the way. So we need to be explicit about how coaching fits into a leadership style. You're, you know, you don't want any surprises that you want the people around you to know that you you find coaching to be an important element of your leadership and that you're you're trusting them to make good decisions. You want to model coaching in a way that your staff sees what you're doing, that they that it's actually explicit. They see that you're asking the good questions, right? I think also part of this facilitation and, and modeling is that supporting staff and volunteers as they try out the role of coach with the people they manage or coordinate. They may not get it perfectly right the first time. I remember managing someone who I was, you know, coaching to be a better coach. And this person, you know, started with these binary questions that didn't get deep enough. And so there was the the coaching of the coach, yep. which it takes time, as you just said. Absolutely. So we should probably think about what the word of the week is. Well, it feels like the word of the week has to be coach, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's kind of the obvious piece. And there's one aspect of a coach in a sport context that isn't helpful in the nonprofit context. So a, a coach in a sports context is the gatekeeper who is on the field, who decides who's on the field at any given time. So you imagine that person on the sideline saying, you know, put me in the game, coach. Mm -hmm. I've been watching a lot of basketball and you see, you know, Jewel Lloyd pacing on the sidelines, wanting to go in in order to score that three pointer. That's not the case in the nonprofit world. Like we are in the game. 
everybody's in the game. <laughs> There's no one on the sidelines waiting to get in. And if there is, that coach needs to get them in the game now, right? <laughs> that a, a leadership coach isn't deciding if you're in or not. And that's what makes this 360 degree perspective for, that somebody outside of our work can really bring into our organizations. No, I think that's a really important point. And, and we, you know, there are examples in the athletic world too, where, where everyone is in the game. I happen to coach a cross country running team and, and that's where, you know, everyone gets to, everyone gets to endure the 5k race together. And so in my mind, what my role in, in that setting as a coach is, is to really take an athlete from where they are to where they want to be. And when I think about that as a coach, that that's sort of like the, the goal for me, that forces me to not assume they all have the same where they want to be. And so that requires really listening to them, right? And understanding, well, why, why did you come out for this really hard sport? <laughs> what are you wanting to get out of it? You know, some of them are wanting to get faster or or finish at a certain place at a certain race. Others of them just want to gain confidence or build friendship or show up consistently to something or, right, there are all these different components to it. And my job as the coach is not to convince them to all have the same goal, although we do work on team goals, but my job is to see them as individuals, to recognize their individual strengths and areas they need to work on, and then help them get to where they want to be. Maybe, you know, nudging on the edges, maybe expanding their perspective on what they could be, helping them dream a little bigger, but really respecting um, kind of where they each are and, and helping them get there. And that's what I see my my role. Mm, that's so empowering. I, mm -hmm. I I love that. In the nonprofit sector, we are continually looking to improve how we work. We want to be intentional learners, reflecting on our practice as others are experiencing it. Bringing in an outside coach or developing your own coaching skills within your organization, both are a great way to build the capacity of your people to do their best work. You got this. Thank you for listening to the nonprofit radio show today. Tell your friends about the Nonprofit Radio Show and follow us on your favorite podcast app. Visit nonprofitradioshow.com for tips, tools, and free resources for nonprofits. The show is produced by Nancy Bacon and Sarah Brooks in partnership with the Nonprofit Learning Center, delivering learning and innovation to help nonprofits thrive. Our production team is Steve Fonslet and Mep Schulte of Three Choices Creative Communications. We always love to hear from our listeners. We're inspired by you and other nonprofit leaders doing important work in our communities. Mm -hmm.